Are you ready to uncover the power within you? Are you ready to kick butt at life? Are you ready to get this party started? This is Shut Up and Grind. If it's about fitness, women's empowerment, personal development, small business marketing, relationships, Robert B. Foster is talking about it. Robert is a gym owner. He went from foreclosure to multiple six figures in 12 months. Helped thousands of women shed weight and inches while becoming more confident. And a six times gold medalist in the Transplant Games of America. Get ready for Shut Up and Grind. Here's your host, Robert B. Foster. Happy Sunday. This is Rob with episode number 21 of Shut Up and Grind with your host, Robert B. Foster. So I was supposed to have a guest today, but looks like I'm rolling solo, but that's okay because I got this. I got enough energy for two people, so that works. All right, so for today, we're going to talk about staying fit, getting fit, or keeping fit during the holiday season. So The number one thing that we have to do is we have to remember that you don't have to deprive yourself to stay fit. You can enjoy the things that you love for for the holidays. I'm just turning on the live feed in case I get any questions. I always forget to do that right when I start. All right, here I am. All right, yeah, so the big thing is to just not deprive yourself because when you deprive yourself, you're going to end up binging. And you don't want to binge because then you're going to end up saying, oh, forget it. And I'll just wait till January. Like this happens every single year. I give the same speech every single year, but yet people still do it every single year. <laughs> so ma- maintenance is not difficult. So if you, if you make, make your goal to just not gain weight for the holiday season, it's very easy to do. But the average person puts on about 12 pounds, eight, let's say like eight to 12 pounds. And that can be very easily avoided we're just making a few little little tweaks to your to your uh, pre-meal routines. So first and foremost is you don't ever want to go into an event or function starving. That's a recipe for disaster. You'll definitely, definitely binge. So the rule of thumb that I use for myself is two clean meals and then indulge with whatever you want. So if you can maintain that, it's actually, it's really not that hard. So if you maintain that, you'll have no problems throughout the holiday season, none whatsoever. So for example, today, this is Sunday, and I just had basically surf and turf with jasmine rice and green beans. And then I'm just going to have a couple smaller meals throughout the rest of, of, of today, and I'm still going to be below my calories. And I ate the meals that I wanted to eat. You know, so that's that's the point of this. So what you don't want to do is you don't want to just go all in every single meal, like going to have a huge breakfast and then a huge lunch and then a huge dinner of all unhealthy foods. Because then you're going to compound those calories. You're going to compound the fat intake and you're going to end up feeling your pants get tighter and tighter and tighter. So the first thing is to not go into the meal starving. Second is to make sure you're drinking 100 ounces of water per day. It sounds like it's a lot, 
but it's not. That's three of these. These are 33-ounce bottles. Drink three of those per day. And people say, oh, it's so hard to drink water. And I posted a meme, I think it was a week or two ago, that pe people say that, but people can go, go to the bar and slam down alcohol like it's nothing. So it's just about staying focused. Like your body needs the water for optimal performance anyways. Like if you think about it, you go, I think it's like three or four days without water, like you can die. <laughs> it's like your body needs water. So don't go into the meal period starving, drink hundred ounces of water and make sure you get exercise in. Even if it's only five minutes, 10 minutes, it doesn't have to be 45 minutes to an hour all the time. Cause you'll be surprised what you can do in 10 minutes. Like when I have personal training consultations, I put them through movement screens first so I can see what they can do. And I just give them a 10 minute taste of what they can expect in a session. And a lot of people are so surprised at what you can accomplish in 10 minutes. And I'm also creating a 10 minute workout guide that, that'll be out probably in February. But yeah, that's all you need. So if you can't get to the gym, that's no excuse. If you're traveling, there's no, there's no excuse either because push-ups, squats, lunges, burpees, you know, leg lifts, hip raises, bridges, all that stuff is portable because it's all within your body, with your body weight. So you got to get in that right mindset. I know people say that all the time, but I want to take it a step further beyond the mindset is you got to have the vision. Okay? You got to have the vision. Those of you who are li listening, hear this part all the way through. So by vision, I mean, you actually have to see that end result or whatever it is you're working towards, whether if it's a certain pant size, whether it's a certain performance, whatever it is, you have to see it, like fully, fully see it. And I know I said this on the last one, when I was drawing up what I wanted for my gym to look like, this was long before maybe maybe like a year and a half before it actually came to happen. I just sketched it down on my, my notebook, what, what I wanted. And as we were going through looking at locations, we came to the one up there in Amflex. Hi, Maureen. And we walked in and my former business partners were like, wow, this place is a dump. And I looked, walked in, I said, this is perfect. Because the layout was exactly what I had written down in my notebook a year prior. And we walked into that building and it just clicked. And what was it a dump? Absolutely, yes. It took a lot of work to get it to where we got it. And I got to start getting a, a, a picture of it. So when I talk about it, I can put it up on the background so you guys can see the before and after. But I had the vision. I knew what I wanted. Too many times we set goals, but we set the goals without the vision. So to just say, all right, I want to run a marathon next year. Like that's a goal. But you actually got to gotta see yourself pushing through those last few miles. You got to see yourself crossing the finish line. You got to see yourself holding that, that medal in victory. Like you have to want that moment. And that's what's going to drive you to train. That's what's going to drive you to push yourself. That's what's going to drive you to eat better is having that vision. So the, the three steps I always say is see it. Yeah, see it, feel it, then go get it. Say and feel, and again, by feeling it, we walked into that building and I didn't see all the holes in a wall. I didn't see the musty, stanky carpet. I didn't see the disgusting bathroom. I saw my end result. It was like, we can put rubber down here. We can paint over here. We, we can do the bathroom this color. We can have the office over here. We can have this on the wall. A mirror will go here. I had, had that vision. 
And then from the vision, we put it in, in the, into play and we made it happen. And we ended up opening up a very, very beautiful facility. So with your fitness goals, it's the same thing. Whatever it is that you want to accomplish, you can accomplish it. You just have to see it. I remember two years ago, I was getting ready for a track meet. And as I'm getting ready, I got, got my bag, my shoes, have all my stuff. The kids are sitting on the couch. And I said, all right, guys, when you guys see me again, I'll be coming home with three, three gold medals. And Benjamin says, you just think you're going to win? I said, I expect to win. I said, I trained to win. Like, I didn't train just to show up. Like, if I show up and I get beat, I get beat. I can accept that. But I train to win. So when you have your fitness goals, you have to make sure that your everyday habits are getting you in the right position for you to win. Because if you don't do that, then again, it's just a goal without the vision. So if, say, if it's for a wedding, you got to see yourself on that wedding day with you and your bridesmaids, you know, zipping up the dress. You got to see the hair done and you got to see the muscles popping. And you got you to gotta feel that. You got to feel that moment when you walk down the aisle and your, your groom is just look, looking at you with his tongue hanging out. Like you got to feel that moment. You got to want that moment. And then when you're having those times where you may not feel like it and motivation's lacking or you're craving something, you got to go back to that vision. Because once you feel it, you can make it happen. And again, with my own journey, like it was never my goal to be a gym owner. Like it really wasn't kind of happened by accident. Like my thing is I'm into helping people transform their minds. And it's one of those things that I've been doing my whole life. Like I've been in management since I was a teen. So I was 15 years old when I started management. I was always captain of the sports teams. So it's always keeping everybody mo motivated and, you know, performing their best. And I, but I just didn't realize that that's something that I could do. Cause to me, it's like, you know, as a captain, like that's what I'm supposed to do. I'm supposed to be, you know, the heartbeat of the team. And then even as a restaurant manager, you know, you're the heartbeat of that facility in the gym. I'm the heartbeat of that facility. But now with technology, you can expand your reach all over, like literally worldwide. Like this podcast, this is only the 21st episode. It's been seen in 16 different countries already. And my RBF Fitness business page has, has been seen in over 20. Like it's, it, it's insane what we can do now. So with, with this technology, it's what can you do with it? So this program I'm starting now is called Speak About Yourself Out Loud. It's where I help you take what you have inside of you and we craft them into stories. And so now how you tell stories matters. And I show you the difference between just speaking about yourself and using your experience to transform someone else. Because let's figure at the end of the day, people don't really care about your story, right? People care about your story as it relates to them. That's what draws people into you. People that listen to this, they're not li listening to this podcast just to hear me talk. It's like the topic that I posted, posted about must have resonated with them at some point. So it's my job to make sure that the content matches, well, it relates to the audience. And I make sure that the stories that, that I tell are related to the content. So with this, 
I had to, I had to fight through it myself. I had the idea a couple of years ago that I wanted to either start a YouTube channel or start a podcast, but you always think that you need so many other things to get it done. You need some type of special skills or some talent, or you have to know what, you know, a million people already, but you really don't. You just have to, I mean, I paid a few bucks to get this graphic done behind me. I paid about, I think it was 120 for this microphone. And then you just need a camera. It's that simple. And you just need stuff to talk about. So now what do you talk about? So the best way is to write a list of say 30 things in your lifetime that you're proud of. And believe it or not, it's not as easy as it sounds. (laughs) So, because for us, it's our experience. So we just think it's no big deal. But when you actually start to write it down, you're like, wow, that, that really is awesome. It's like two years ago, I had posted in my RBF fitness group to, about with people said, if I've helped you do anything, just comment it below. And then just the responses were insane. And it was just things that I've helped people, people do that I didn't even realize I was doing. You know, so that's what I mean about uncovering the power within you. So you write down those 30 things that just you're proud of things, things you've, you've accomplished, you know, things someone else may have accomplished, but you just write down 30 of them. Then on another side, you write down 30 things that you're either not proud of that you, or that you struggled with. And then from those, you, you craft a core story. Like, so for, for me, my core story is being, being a college dropout, starting a business with no capital, with bad credit, and really no knowledge of marketing. It's, it's like, and I did it during the recession. How many is on? Hi, Janine. Yeah, and I did it during the recession in 2009. And I just did it from trial and error, trial and error, trial and error. I had to move the business seven different times into different markets, having to start over again. Like there, there was a lot that went into me getting to where I am. And along the, along the way, there are stories that can be told about that journey. So as I sit down with people and I listen to them speak, I write down things that they're saying and then show them how easily that can be turned into a story, right? So we take... I don't want to go too far into this one because I get teary-eyed every time. But for those that don't know, my sister had a brain aneurysm burst September, I believe it was 22nd of 2016. And I was at the gym. I was training, doing my thing. Now my phone rings and it's my mom. And mom knows better than to call me when I'm training. So I sent her the voicemail. And I put the phone back in my pocket and I'm back to training. And then my leg vibrates again. I pick it up. It's mom again. It's all right. She's calling twice. Maybe I should answer this. And so when I clicked to answer the phone, I was not prepared to hear what I heard. So I'm like, in my usual peppy, boisterous self, I'm like, hey, mom, what's going on? And her voice was trembling. I could tell she had been crying. And she told me that my sister Ramona was just in a bad accident. And then she said, we don't know if she survived. And I was like, oh, it's like my heart sank, my eyes filled, and I had a gym full of people. <laughs> there was probably a good, good 16 people in, in, in that, that particular class. And so 
I I called one of my other trainers to come down and uh, she got down there really quickly and I jumped in a car and I started heading up towards Boston. And then my nephew called me and thank God he called me because I was heading to Boston. <laughs> she was in Worcester, which is a completely different direction. And he said the same thing though, that she was in a bad accident and she's in really, really bad shape. And so we get to the hospital and I see my brother-in-law, he's in tears. I see my nieces and nephews, everyone's in tears. And it was, there was just so much uncertainty. And that's an awful feeling of just not knowing what's happening. So then the social worker comes in and you know, it's never good when the social worker comes in. So she sits us down and she starts giving us some details of what's going, but more, more so she was just checking on our well-being as we were waiting for the doctor to come in. And then the doctor com comes in and she says, so my sister had a big laceration on her, on her forehead. And so they were doing testing and, you know, doing CAT scans of her, of her head. And when they looked at the CAT scan, they saw that she had bleeding on the other side, like massive bleeding and turned to find out she had a brain aneurysm burst. And so I asked the doctor, she's going into all these statistics and stuff. And I just said, whoa, whoa, whoa. is she going to survive this? And the doctor said, with these things, the chances are usually low. They're usually low. So naturally, you know, my mom starts bawling, bawling, in, you know, in a frenzy. And, you know, I, I remember putting my arm around my mom and I said, she said, chances are low. That means there's a chance. I said, so we don't give up until, until it's game over. And so we were able to see her. This was a few hours later because she had to go into emergency surgery. So we got in to see her and she was almost unrecognizable almost unrecognizable, but a couple of days had, had passed and the nurse was, was in doing her, her vitals. And we had, we had asked like, can she hear us? And the nurse was like, I'm not sure. So she goes up to her ear and she's like, Ramona, can, can you hear us? Like, if you can hear us, give us a thumbs up. And very slowly we see, and she put that thumb up. And from that moment, we went to work. We started playing Smokey Robinson. We started playing Mary J. Blige, all of her favorite songs. We were telling her stories. And we're going over four years now. And she's still here. And she's still here with us. In that time, she got to see her son become a singer and actor in New York City. She got to see her daughter playing, playing volleyball up at Southern New Hampshire University. Got to see her other son. He just recently signed a pro basketball contract over in Finland, overseas. And her youngest daughter is being recruited all over the country for basketball. And she survived that day to watch those things happen. And the point of sharing that story is there's always hope. Always. There's always a chance. You just have to believe. You have to believe. And we could have just been somber about it and been negative about it but no we surrounded her with so much love like i said the music the stories everything and then even once she first opened up her eyes and i was the first one she saw when she opened up her eyes so that was cool but you know she she couldn't talk because she had to have a trachea put in so she couldn't talk 
so we got a dry erase board and so she could you know write write to us and everything and it's just it's just amazing what technology can do and i know she still has a ways a ways to go she's not where she was but she's here and she had a low probability of being here and so i want to ask you where are you in your life like where are you like truly where are you and where do you want to be more importantly what is the vision for your life cuz you have the power to change it you you have the power to change it. it doesn't matter what color you are doesn't matter what gender you are it doesn't matter what you identify with doesn't matter if you're from a wealthy background if you're from a poor background none of it matters all you have to do is make the decision make the decision that i'm going to do better i want better i'm going to be better i'm going to have better like i said if you're from a low economic background then break the cycle it's on you now break the cycle it doesn't have to stay the same right if you're from from a cycle where your dad may be in jail your grandfather may have been in jail you got uncles in jail break the cycle okay it it can be changed with you you don't have to keep staying in that generational hamster wheel you don't have to if you look if you look for problems you're going to find problems if you look for opportunities you're going to find opportunities so whatever you're focusing your time and your energy on is what you're going to find so i want you to really look deep within yourself and do that exercise that i told you write out 30 things that you're proud of and write down 30 things that you're not so proud of and i and i'll show you how to craft that into powerful stories that can change the lives of other people like i just share share the story of perseverance and resilience and hope and faith using my sister's story i didn't even use my own story i used my sister's story and they're all around us they are all around us and if you think you don't have something within you that you can share you're wrong you are absolutely wrong and this is what my new program is going to help people do going to get get you together i mean i'm going to get together with you and we're going to go through that 30 and 30 list and i'm going to show you how powerful those stories can be when done right so i had leonard mcdonald on my show a couple of weeks ago and before that show he he and i we spoke beforehand and he was telling me how he had a tumor removed from his jaw and how he had a metal plate in there now and he was describing his hospital experience and as he was talking i was taking notes and i said to him i was like have you ever considered sharing that story like on a on a podcast on a stage or anything and, he, and he's like no i never really thought about that and i told him i was like picture this all right so there i was getting getting that diagnosis from the doctor that there's a tumor in my in my jaw like is it cancerous is this something i'm going to be okay is it going to affect my speech like am i going to have you know i lost the word sorry <laughs> and so i'm lying there in that that hospital bed unsure of what my future is going to be and then right before i go out for surgery my last thought is I need to to be an inspiration to my clients. And so I wake up and now I have metal in my jaw. But that makes me bionic, right? Cuz I have something that you don't have. I got to edge up on you. See? It's like you think you all cool with your bones. I got metal. I got bionic jaw. 
you know so like that was just just quick but um but yeah but that's how easy it is to just take a piece of your life and turn it into something that can change someone else's life so i talk about inner city living all the time and i always get backlash because they're like you weren't raised in the inner city so so you you can't talk about it like that doesn't mean my eyes don't work that doesn't mean i haven't i haven't been to the inner city that doesn't mean i haven't coached in the inner city like i lived in, in providence for 14 years granted it wasn't in the inner city but still in the city so i'm there i'm around and i see and i hear a lot and i remind people i wasn't raised in the inner city because my my parents broke the cycle and they moved us out. Now, I'm not saying if you're in the inner city, you got to get out. But we can't stop using that circumstance as why you can't move forward. Because you, you can move forward. There's many people with an inner city background that have gone on to do amazing things. So I'm not talking about those people. I'm talking about the ones that keep themselves in that generational hamster wheel. And that's the whole premise of break the cycle. It's like someone has to step up and say, we can do better. We can be better. We can provide better. We can raise our kids better. And we can keep our kids from becoming cr criminals where they'll have problems with the police. Like we have the power within us to make that happen. And I can just use my own kids as, as an example. I mean, haven't had any, any run-ins with police, no issues with, you know, stealing or getting into fights or any of that of that nature. Because I make sure every single day that I'm with the, these kids, they get some type of life lesson out of me. And it could just be something about waste, the importance of recycling, the importance of being kind, the importance of looking people in the eye when you talk to them, but it's every single day. And my kids can attest to that. There's not one day that goes by where, where there's not at least one life lesson that's dropped on them. And that's the key to breaking the cycle is not to let the television control your emotions when they depict things. No, it's not letting other people's experience influence yours. You are in charge of how you view the world. And as I said earlier, if you only look for problems, you're only gonna see problems. Then you know, like I talk about, about racism all the time, does racism exist? Yes, it does. But if you're constantly on the lookout for it, that's all you're gonna see. And then the opportunities for you to succeed are going to pass you by because you're too busy looking for problems. Don't look for problems. The problem is going to be there. You don't have to seek them out. <laughs> you want to seek out the opportunities. And that's how you're going to break the cycle. And that's how you're going to push your life forward. So that's all I have for you today. All right. Just about a half an hour. So thank you guys for tuning in. So remember, with the holiday binging, is don't, don't go in, into the holiday meal starving. That's the kiss of death. You're going to end up gorging yourself and you're going to end up storing more, more body fat than you are going to burn. So don't go into it starving. Drink 100 ounces of water a day and get some type of, of exercise in. It's that, it's that easy. Just control yourself. And if you're a picky eater, chew gum. Find sugar-free gum and get multiple flavors. So like if you're one that has a sweet tooth, that can help out the edge. You're like uh, the peeps at the gym say, I chew gum all the time. All right, so chew, chew gum. That'll help with that. And then as far as the Speak About Yourself Out Loud program, I want you to take a good hard look within yourself. Said, write down 30 things you're proud of, 30 things that you're not proud of or that you've struggled with. And you'll be surprised 
what you have to offer the world and as far as a messaging. All right. So if you want more info on that, just visit my website, robertbfoster.com slash speaks and set, set up a free consultation and we'll talk through it. All right. So all I got for you. Have a great day. Bye. You've been listening to Shut Up and Grind. We hope you've gotten some useful and practical information from this show. Robert has over 20 years experience pouring his knowledge and expertise at many events in the service and fitness industry, as well as secondary schools and universities. He has a true passion for helping others break through the barriers that are holding them back. To book Robert B. Foster to speak or to reach out, go to robertbfoster.com slash speaks on Instagram at Robert underscore B underscore Foster on Twitter at RBF underscore fitness and on Facebook at Robert B. Foster. Till next time, shut up and grind.